Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We make way for Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coach, good to have you back on. How would you describe the atmosphere there in New England this uh, past Sunday night? Oh, it was definitely a playoff atmosphere, that's for sure. It was uh, it was a little bit surreal, but uh, uh, I thought Tom handled it extremely well. What role do you play in a situation like that? I don't know how many times you've been in a situation where you have, you know, something like this, a, re- a homecoming, a reunion of sorts, and you're talking to, you know, your quarterback. Yeah, I, I think for us, the whole message all week was, you know, we got to bounce back as a team. Having lost to the Rams, uh, it's a team sport. It just happens to be Tom Brady's return to New England, but we're playing the Patriots. And uh, so we kept that team message all week. And uh, and Tom did a great job of keeping his feelings uh, under control all week. And, and uh, we didn't play very well, but we won the ball game. Why were you so annoyed with uh, the hype heading into this? Because this is a team sport. You know, Tom Brady didn't win seven championships. The team won them. You know, the the Patriots won him. The, he didn't win the championship here last year. The Bucks won the championship. He's the quarterback. But uh, we try to make this thing a, a single-man sport too many times. And uh, Bill didn't win all those championships. He coached the team that did. And I think we're losing sight of, uh, of football being a team sport. 
What did you think of uh, the decision that Belichick was going to go for the field goal and not go for fourth and three? Uh, how, what was your reaction to that in, uh, in real time? I thought, I thought it was a perfect call. I watched Nick Folk knock that thing in with heavier rain and warm-ups from 60. So I was very, very nervous. I, I knew he could make that kick, and I thought it was a perfect call by Bill to do it. See, I was surprised because even if he made it, he's still giving Tom the ball with 55 seconds to go and two timeouts, and I like your odds. Yeah, I, I think for, for, for him and, and for me also, that's time to play defense. And, uh, you know, for our kicker, we'd have to get all the way to the 35. And uh, with two timeouts, it wouldn't be impossible. I would like I like our chances, too. But uh, I want to be winning when that thing – I don't want to lose it on a fourth and three. What do you think of replay? Uh, I love replay. I don't like the interpretations <laughs> of the rules anymore. <laughs> you know, things that were – things that were something for a hundred years aren't the same anymore. We're changing rules uh, every single year that that have been rules forever. And uh, so, yeah, I love replay. I just cannot stand the interpretation of some rules. I'll say it. So you don't get fined. I thought you got screwed. Uh, (laughs) The Jacoby Myers catch coach. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, you know, there's now a third element to a, to a fumble. And I thought a football move was running towards your goal line. So when you catch it, yeah, you, you might bobble it, but then you got total control for two steps and somebody punches it out from behind. That's a fumble. It always has been a fumble. Now it's not a fumble. So uh, I just throw my hands up anymore. How did we watch football, Coach, back when we were younger when, you know, we didn't worry about what's a catch and ground causing the fumble or a football move? I mean, this it, it feels like they're adding instead of subtracting. Oh, totally. Totally trying to, you know, what is a catch? What's a fumble? Hell, what's a touchdown? Uh, I, I don't know. What, uh, um, you cross the goal, goal line with the ball in control of your hands is a touchdown. But, you know, I, I, I'm not on the competition committee anymore. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of some of the new rules. I think the taunting thing has gotten out of control already. I don't know what taunting is and isn't, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know what it is. But it's not – jubilant celebration or a talking a little bit of crap. I mean, uh, it's, it's the it, over the, over the top jumping in somebody's face. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've gotten to the, to the point now where we're trying to officiate everything. Do you talk smack during the game? Nonstop. Like, but who are you saying it to? Uh, referees, players. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're saying it to the opposition? If I know the guys, yeah. Like, for instance? Oh, for Richard Sherman. I love, now that he's on my team, I can't believe it. We, <laughs> we talk more crap against each other for all those years in Arizona <laughs> and, uh, and some of the other guys that, uh, that I know. And, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, it's a, that's the fun part of it. How would you sum up what's going on with your secondary right now? Well, it's, a, it's a hospital ward. I mean, uh, we probably have possibly one starter this week and uh, three guys that got here a month ago. So uh, Todd Bowles will do a hell of a job. He'll have them ready to play. And uh, yeah, injuries are not an excuse in this business. We're talking to Bruce Arians. Third season is the Buccaneers head coach. Do you consider Belichick the best NFL coach of all time? I think one of the top three for sure. You know, I've got great respect for Don Shula. 
and Chuck Noll. Uh, and I think Coach Belichick's right there with him. What does he do better than everybody else in the modern game? I think he takes away your strengths, and and he knows your weaknesses, and he tries to take them away too. I mean, he's defensively, um, they've been as hard to go against as anybody that I've gone to in my 27 years. I talked to Carson Palmer yesterday, and he said Tom Brady has seen every kind of defensive front. He's seen all of that, but Belichick still found a way to frustrate him. Um, did, did you sense that? Yeah, yes and no. I think we, we played we played offensively as bad as we could play as, as a group of receivers and, and people doing the right thing and being in the right spacing. Uh, and, and Tom was very, very careful with the ball. But um, they did a great job of taking some things away. But they don't take everything away. And you got to find out which, which one it is. Gronk's injury, uh, ribs now punctured lung. What's uh, what's the outlook? Best case scenario for him? Yeah, the the lungs all cleared up, and uh, so now it's just going to be pain tolerance. And uh, I think there's concern about one of the ribs as far as being displaced. So it's day to day. Take me back to when you were seven and five last year, late November. What happened? Was there anything that you go? I could put my finger on it. That happened. That changed us. Yeah, I think it really was halftime of Atlanta. You know, we we talked about all the things we wanted to improve upon over an open date. We came out, we beat Minnesota, but then we're seventeen nothing, and it was hey, we got to attack, and we're gonna put. I told Byron, all those home runs on that sheet, call them all, call them in a row. We're attacking. We're not gonna stop attacking. And same thing with Todd on defense. We're going to attack. We took that mode and we never stopped it. You know, we started pushing the ball down the field offensively. We started getting at people more on defense and playing to our strengths. And uh, and, and Tom really played extremely well. Uh, and our team did. Uh, we, we cut the penalties out. We just played really good team football. Can you explain the difference of a spread offense and the West Coast offense? <laughs> the West Coast one's always baffled me because I don't know where that came. I know Bill Walsh's offense, you know, and uh, but uh, people have evolved. The spread, I think, the spread is is the read option to me. You're you've got four receivers spread out all over the field, and the quarterback's going to read the, the the option part of the run game and the RPO part of it. The college offense uh, that some teams are running now in the NFL, but the West Coast is uh, that was a two back set that no one has anymore. So I don't think there is a West Coast offense out there. There's a lot of the terminology yeah. that, the, that coaches are still using Coach Walsh's terminology, but uh, they're not running the West Coast. Do you sample from college? Uh, for us, it's what what do your players, what, what abilities do they have? How can we maximize their talent and um, just put the plays in it that work for them? Uh, if there was an open draft – and I give you the first pick of all of these quarterbacks under age 26. Hypothetical. So I, I got Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Mar Jackson, Patrick. I'll t- let me take Mahomes out of this. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, probably Justin Herbert right now. He's playing as good as anybody. And, and you know, he's got he's got the all the measurables of, of what great quarterbacks have always had. You know, he's got the height, the arm, the speed, uh, the size, and um, 
So I don't know if anybody's playing any better than him right now, even Patrick. But also, Coach, you know this. One thing, one thing for sure is that there for about eight years, we went through a flux of no quarterbacks coming out of college. And now with all the passing leagues in high school and all, you're getting the quality of quarterback play coming out of college now is way better than it has been. I mentioned this about 20 minutes ago. It feels like the NFL experts will talk themselves out of somebody. Like Lamar Jackson, well, he can't do this. Kyler Murray, he's too short. I, and and that's dangerous. The analogy I also made was like Steph Curry. If you saw him in college, you go, he can't play in the NBA. Or Steve Nash, he can't play in the NBA. Why is it that we talk ourselves out of something instead of looking at the positives to say, this is what they, they do so well that overshadows that? Yeah, I, I think that's the world today. You know what I mean, Dan? I mean, uh, everything's negative. You know, everything. Let's find the negative part of it and not the positive part of it. And, uh, for me, I've always coached the way that everybody's got a talent. Now let's let's make sure that uh, we build those strengths and and maximum, you know, ensures weaknesses get better too. But let's build on the strength. Everybody's got a. How many hats you got? Oh, my wife gets pissed every day because there's a stack on this drawer. There's a stack. She so put the damn things away somewhere. I got a drawer full. I don't have any more room in the drawer. Are you superstitious? Uh, I swear I'm not, but I am. <laughs> if you win with, if you lose with a hat, like the, the hat you wore with the Rams, do you get rid of that? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> How about the Super Bowl hat? Uh, it's, it's up on the shelf by itself. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I would, I would put I'm surprised Hall of Fame didn't ask for that. Uh, they actually did. They got, they got uh, the whole thing, the shirt, the hat, everything. And uh, I really wanted to keep it, but I'd rather have it there. Hey, great to talk to you, Coach. And uh, good luck against the Dolphins this Sunday. We appreciate your time as always. Oh, you bet, Dan. Always a friend. That's uh, Bruce Arians, of course, uh, Super Bowl champ. He was an assistant with the Steelers and uh, won a couple of Super Bowls there as well. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. We were just talking about spring training, 
playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here! Paula used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out there. Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat. Which is better, crack of the bat's crack of the beer can? Oh, I'd crack of the beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's bring in the Hall of Famer, Jim Nance. Jim was on the call, Steelers and the Packers. He has the Dolphins and the Buccaneers this Sunday on CBS. Morning, Jim. How are you? Hello, friend. I like this little chat you're having about best quarterbacks under the age of 24. It's uh, it's an exciting time for the game. and I mean, you can pretty much draw any one of those names and be happy, but this kid, Justin Herbert, is amazing. We saw it again last night. I had two of the first three games. And he's not only the real real deal, but this team is, they're going to be in it to the end, I think. All right. On the other side of that rainbow, you have Ben Roethlisberger. You got, you and Tony got to see Ben up close, personal. Uh, What would you do if you're Mike Tomlin in the Steelers with Ben? Uh, That's a tough one because I, you know, he's truly, truly doesn't have any help up front. There is absolutely no cohesion when you go, Rookie at left tackle. We're not talking about a first rounder. We're talking about a fourth rounder at left tackle. A second year player at left guard who didn't play a ton last year and a rookie center. What do you expect? I mean, in in the game that we saw, he threw a strike down the field on their first possession to Deontay Johnson that looked like the Ben of old. But, man, he's running for his life. The problem is he can't run like he used to. Remember how hard he was to bring down? You couldn't ever tackle him. Well, that's different now. But – uh, I would give it some more time. 
I think there's uh, way too much pressure right now and attention on got to make a change. By the way, if they had a quarterback in waiting that I thought was going to have a better outcome, that would be another story. I don't see that right now. So uh, I, I'm still with Ben. And, uh, and I think it's a sign of respect, too. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, big time career records and all that. And uh, you don't want to see anybody end their career that way where people are, are dumping on you. But also, Jim, you know how this works. Everybody has to have a take. We Every week, it's like, that's I know exactly how good that team is or how bad that team is. I mean, Jameis Winston was a dark horse candidate for MVP after week one. Aaron Rodgers didn't care about playing for the Packers. He's nonchalant. Like, you and Tony probably have to fight that urge of saying, I kind of know what this team is or this, this player is. I'm not a hot take guy, Dan. And I know we live in a hot take world. And I was watching the pregame shows on Sunday. I won't name any names, but, you know, I heard someone make a declaration that you can take it to the bank, that the Giants are going to be 0-10 after 10 weeks. If you look at their schedule, you can book it right now. They're 0-10. Three hours later, they've got a victory. <laughs> so it's just... Hey, that was a great take. The problem is it had a very short shelf life. And sometimes you have to just kind of weed through all this and, and try to get to something that's a little more common sense. How are your conversations with Aaron Rodgers? You'd be, uh, I don't think you'd be surprised because you've talked to him enough times. The guy is brilliant and uh, he's, he's thoughtful. He's insightful. We, we talked to him on Friday and I asked him, who was uh, harder to replace? I never got this on the air, by the way. So now I get a place to dispense this information. There this is go. great. Who was harder to replace, Brett Favre or Alex Trebek? Okay. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Alex Trebek. Bingo. Correct. Because he can do what Brett Favre did. It's really right. hard to replicate what Alex Trebek did. And Trebek did it for over three decades. You know, he's an interesting study, uh, Aaron, because when his career is over, and he's, he's nowhere close, I believe, to calling it quits. I think that longevity-wise, if there's a guy that's going to do it as long as Tom Brady is going to set the, the pace here, I, I think Aaron's the guy that could do it. Um, now, where will he be? That's another question. But after football, his next act, he could be a game show host. I know that he's interested in doing that. And it doesn't have to be Jeopardy. It could be something else. I think he could be in acting. Uh, we, we, we know that in his personal life, he's close to that Hollywood world, uh, Hollywood world. And if you watch his commercials, he's pretty darn gifted at it. If he wanted to be an analyst and, and sit in the booth, I think he would be exceptional. So, I mean, he's got so many options out there. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting study, but I think that's five or six years down the road minimum. Were you approached to audition for uh, Jeopardy? No. No, and, and uh, I had a lot of people ask me that. Not, not, I'm not talking about in the media, but I got asked that by friends. I had no interest in it. I don't want to ever cloud. This is just me, okay? That doesn't mean anybody else, you know, if they wanted to do it and have some fun with it, that's cool. But my love is, is, is telling stories about sports. I don't aspire to be anything else. Uh, I, I kind of, like, dabbled in that world a little bit early in my career i hosted the the morning show on cbs as a fill-in as a backup to brian gumbel and eventually i got offered that job full time and i faced a real crossroads of my career did i want to go into news or did i want to stay with what was driving me what was in my heart since i was a kid 
And once I made that decision, I wasn't going to news. I wasn't going to morning television. I was staying in sports. I made the determination then. I don't want to ever cloud the picture again. This just is for me. By the way, it, I think it takes a lot of talent to be able to do that. I know there are others who auditioned. I know Joe did, and he did it well. But for me, I, I just want people to know that I love what I'm doing. That doesn't mean everybody else doesn't love what they're doing. But I don't want to be doing anything else. This is the job of my dreams and I cherish it, and that's just the way I look at it. There's a new book out, uh, You Are Looking Live. That's the opening line of the uh, new show that uh, was on CBS in 1975. The NFL Today, and it launched the careers of Brent Musburger, Phyllis George, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek, and uh, the title of the book, uh, you know, uh, you wrote, Jim, you wrote the, uh, the forward to this. What did, that, did. Sh- what did that show mean to you? when you were growing up that was my favorite show on television now people would say wait a minute you can't count that against episodic television like mission impossible and all in the family and mary tyler moore but for me i couldn't wait until 12 30 on sundays people forget it was a half hour show dan you know it it wasn't an hour show you didn't have programming all week long you didn't have the content you didn't have the internet you didn't have the feedback we were all starved for information those of us who loved the nfl and that show not only provided you that information, it entertained you. So uh, it it really, truly was one of the things that tugged me to want to be in this business. Rich uh, did a fabulous job writing this book. And as far as history in the industry, you won't believe some of the things that are in there that extend beyond the base crew that you just talked about. Um, I was blown away by his research and how close he was to so many of those people. For example, it gets into some of the history of people that came through CBS back in the 70s, not just in the studio. I'll take Al Michaels, okay? I mentioned Al on the broadcast on Sunday. Al happened on Sunday to have the game of the year that everyone wanted, Tampa Bay and New England. It fell the date, October the 3rd, on the exact 50-year-to-the-day anniversary of Al's first-ever NFL call which was Buffalo against Minnesota on NBC. Johnny Morris was uh, his broadcast partner. And um, (laughs) not only was OJ in the game, Al Cowlings played in the game for Buffalo. Norm Sneed was the quarterback for Minnesota. Al got $750 to do that game. Now, Rich (laughs) got into the fact that that was was Al's uh, first game. Then he came over to CBS to do play-by-play for a short while. But I called Al on Friday. I had somebody tip me off on the date and everything that was going to be that day. He did not know. He said, are you sure? I said, you can look it up October the 3rd. And I said, I'm going to mention on, um, on, on Sunday in the doubleheader game, pal. But um, yeah, there's just some great background. You are looking live that, that those words, when they would leave the lips of Brent Musburger, who I just have endless respect for Brent. Uh, it would give me chills. You know, we're so similar, Dan, in age and, likes and dislikes i know it impacted you the same way i know you felt the same sense of excitement when the first shot would come up out of black and you are looking live at rfk stadium in washington and you just you were just totally riveted and um i I, this book comes at a really really good time i believe uh, because you don't get too far past those glory days that was in my estimation, the greatest studio show of all time. And somebody needed to document it, and nobody could have done it better than Rich did. And then you find out that Brent would say you're looking live to let the gamblers know these are the weather yeah. conditions at Soldier Field. <laughs> you know, when I uh, auditioned for CBS in 1985, 
I, I auditioned on a Saturday early in the football season. Um, and and uh, I won the host role for college college football and, and, and hosted the show with Pat Hayden. A few weeks later, Teddy Shaker, who was our executive producer, had a huge impact on me getting my career started. He said, you ought to come by and watch Brent do the show. Well, you didn't have to ask twice. So I stuck around after one of my early shows on CBS and I sat in the back of the studio and I watched him do the Greek's Corner. And I watched him come on that wide shot with that great anthem, that song behind the NFL. Just, I'm like, is this real? Did I actually sit in that same chair yesterday? This is crazy. Is this really happening? Um, the show was mesmerizing. Phyllis, of course, was pioneering and groundbreaking. We just lost her. Sadly, we also just lost her. Cross, Mike Pearl, who was the producer behind that show, uh, died in this last year. Um, but true legendary stuff. And I think anyone who's a sports fan is going to love, love this book, whether you're old enough to remember that show or not. Do you ever gamble? Uh, if you call fantasy football gambling, I guess. Um, but, but not on a game. Oh, gosh, no, no, no. I don't even know. And I need to probably pay a little more attention to it because, you know, you see where everybody's going with it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. The commercials you go to, it's, it's all talking. We're, we're, first off, that is absolutely taboo. If you're, if you're calling games and, and gambling at the same time, now I'm not saying the likelihood that there are people out there doing it in our profession is very high. I would never think about doing that. Um, I just, I, it's just, it's just ethically, I don't think you can do it, but. Um, are you factoring in point spreads though in, 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 you know, during your broadcast? Is it mentioned? I don't, okay. I don't I probably should pay closer attention to it. Uh, take Al, for example, he's always had fun with this game. Isn't over <laughs> yet. You know, the lines like that. Uh, I haven't worked those in because I feel like that's kind of the uh, Al's got the rights to that. Um, but I, I did Pittsburgh and Green Bay on on Sunday. I couldn't tell you right now what the line was for that game. So uh, I'm so locked into the process of preparation, talking to players and coaches. You get a pretty good feel after you meet with everyone where the game might be going. Oftentimes you're surprised, but the lines I don't pay any attention to. Uh, Seton O'Connor, of course, one of the Danettes, does some impersonations that uh, you might be uh, entertained by. Seton, do you want to give Jim Nance your Al Michaels impersonation? And not many people do an Al Michaels impersonation, but Seton did this to Al Michaels, just to let you know. All right. And there he goes. <laughs> the Lamar Jackson game. He kept saying, <laughs> and there he goes. And, and so... Seaton goes I said, five wide empty backfield and there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> and, pretty darn good. And if we had Tony Romo on, Seaton also does a Tony Romo impersonation. They're gonna run it, Jim. They're gonna run it to the left. There you go. <laughs> we, Seaton, you know, I, I of course, you know, we've been in each other's company before, and I didn't know you had the talent that could go this far wide. Uh it, it's just becoming Caliendo S. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's getting good. You know, he's got, he's got a bit that he does with, uh, with our booth and he, and he does Tony. I think he's got Tony just dead ringer that he has me always, no matter what the scenario is saying, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and there were, there was a time when, when Frank first came out with that. I admire him greatly, by the way. Um, one of the first times he, he came out with that bit and I was having everyone forward it to me. Like, have you seen this? Have you seen it? 
yeah, I've seen it and, and I continue to see it. And um, <laughs> I said to Tony, I said, we got to work this into the game. So we did. We had, I don't, can't tell you, the game was late last season. And it might maybe even reappear on a national network doubleheader game coming to you soon. But whatever we go through, um, if there's a big play and it merits it, we, we do a little, if you will, spoof of Frank doing us. Tony! <laughs> Tony! <laughs> I didn't realize I did that, but it, it works for me. Yeah. Hey, it's great to see you. Uh, hope you're doing Always. well. And uh, have fun with the Dolphins and the Buccaneers this Sunday. Thanks, pal. Let's well, stay in touch. Thank great you, buddy. To talk to you. That's Jim Nance, Hall of Famer. And the, uh, he wrote the foreword to the book you are looking live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Embrace the new year with a new style of whiskey. Keeper's Heart, the official whiskey of the Dan Patrick Show, brings together the smoothness of Irish whiskey with the boldness of American whiskey. It's a new style of whiskey and perfectly balanced taste experience. In just two years, Keeper's Heart has already earned over 130 awards. They must have just won 10 more because last week it was 120. Everybody is finding out about the world's best Irish whiskey. They have that prestigious title. Now, the legendary distiller is Brian Nation. He's the one who started Jameson and uh, Red Breast Whiskey. So he comes over to the United States and he creates this in two years. They are an award-winning team. Machine. And as we approach St. Patty's Day, no better choice than Keeper's Heart to celebrate the occasion. The perfect blend of smooth Irish and bold American whiskeys creating a wonderfully balanced taste profile. Go to Keepersheartwhiskey.com and use the code DAN24 for $10 off. And remember, sip responsibly. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) We wanted to bring on Michael Kay, the uh, great voice of the Yankees for the Yes Network, the play-by-play voice. By the way, he has a book that if you haven't grabbed it yet, it's called Center Stage. His most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z, available online wherever books are sold. Michael Kay joining us. How would you sum up this rivalry in 2021, Mike? Uh, pretty much even. I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, the Red Sox won 10 out of the 19 games. They started off great. The Yankees ended up great. Um, and they swept the Red Sox in the final series that they played at Fenway Park. And, Dan, if you think about it, they needed every single one of those wins. If they didn't, you know, yesterday they would have been playing in a, in a tie-breaking game with the Blue Jays. So I think they're fairly evenly matched. Obviously, the fan bases don't like each other. I don't know if there's that much enmity between the players. How good are these teams? Are either one of these teams elite teams? Well, the Yankees can be elite, and they can also be awful. It's 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 a hard team to figure out. Uh, there are times that they look like they, they can beat anybody, and they can easily win the World Series, and then you know they end up losing eight games to the Baltimore Orioles. They're very, very tough to pin down and say exactly what type of team they are. Uh, the Red Sox, I think, are better than people thought they were going to be. If they don't have J.D. Martinez today because of the ankle, maybe they're not as good as you would think. Uh, I think the bullpen has been used a lot out of necessity. I'm not sure how much there right now. But this pitching matchup between Cole and Evaldi, I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think it's a pretty even matchup for, for both teams. So it, it's definitely a flip of the coin for sure. Do you remember when you saw the Yankees change that they were going to go one-dimensional? They were just going to be a, a team that went up there and was trying to hit home runs? I remember it was a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago, that you know Brian Cashman, the Yankee GM, said something like, I'm looking for Harry Beast. Now, he's got one in the, in, you know, in the broadcast booth, but he wanted people out actually on the field. <laughs> so uh, they just started piling you know power hitters up there because they feel – the three true outcomes of a walk, a strikeout, or a home run, that plays to their strength. And I'll tell you what, Dan, when they hit home runs, they do they do win. But the problem is sometimes they don't hit home runs. And when they don't hit home runs, it's very, very difficult for them to, to create runs. Although when they were 35 and 11, that one streak, you know, in the middle of the season, they had guys like Andrew Velasquez playing and Greg Allen, and they had to create runs. But they're back to the Yankees right now, and they're going to hit a home run or they're going to lose a game. Do you think we'll get to the point where somebody is counterintuitive and that they try to play small ball, they're in a maybe a pitcher's ballpark, and, and that's their strength? I always go back to Whitey Herzog with those Cardinals or even you know Kansas City Royals, that they, they couldn't compete 
but you can find these players. And if you build your pitching staff in accordance to your dimensions, do you think we see that in baseball at some point again? I hope. I'm not sure, but I hope. Uh, as you know, Dan, sports is very copycat-like. So if there's a team out there that actually wins games like that, I think they might go that route. But baseball is so heavily analytic, and they are not doing this just on a whim. They've got computer readouts to say this is the best and most effective way to win games. And until those readouts say something else, I think they'll still keep stacking up home runs. The thing that I never understood, Dan, I understand the home runs win games. I just don't understand how they don't care about the strikeouts. And then you look look at a team like Tampa Bay. They hit home runs, but they don't strike out. And I think that might be the next step because their their excuse, Dan, is, well, nothing bad could hit. You know, if you you strike out, nothing bad could happen other than out. Well, nothing good could happen either. (laughs) I mean, you could put a ball in play and there could be an error. So I think that Tampa Bay has solved that part of it where you don't have to strike out 210 times uh, a year to hit 40 home runs. I think that's the next step. I know we're looking at the end result with the matchups for this one-game format. Is there a better format in your opinion, no matter who's in? And, you know, the Dodgers won 106, and they're in a one-game format. That's not fair. Yankees, Red Sox, why don't they play three? And I, and as I said earlier in the show, if Tampa Bay was playing Toronto, no one would be saying, we got to have a three-game series. It would be, yeah, let's just get this one and done. Is there a better format, a fairer format, in your opinion? No, I don't, I don't think so. It makes me laugh but when people say, you know, it's not fair to the Dodgers. Really? They knew the rules of engagement. Finish ahead of the Giants. You wouldn't have to play a one-game playoff. The Yankees and the Red Sox finish ahead of the Rays. You wouldn't have to play a one-game wild card. I, I actually like it. They're highly rated games. Essentially, you've created two game sevens, win or go home, and I think that's what every sport wants to do. I think it's perfect, and, you know, there are teams that are going to be left out, and that's the beauty of it. If there were, if this wasn't a wild card situation, it wouldn't be intense down to the last inning on Sunday. And one other thing, Dan, if you turn this into a best of three, you are then making it tougher and more difficult for the team that won the division because they've got to wait longer and not play. And sometimes that takes you out of your game. I think you've got to pay a price if you're in the wild card, which the Yankees and the Red Sox will do because you're not going to use Cole in the first game of the ALDS, and you're not going to use Evaldi. In fact, you can only use them once out of the best of five. You need that detriment so that you go to win the division. I like it just the way it is. Did you ever have one of those moments, phone calls, meetings with George Steinbrenner in your career where you went, oh, boy? Um, I know he was upset with me once um, <laughs> because I said that the Yankees had reneged on a contract to Daryl Strawberry, and he was in the car riding to the airport to leave New York, and he was listening to John and myself on the radio and heard that. And let's just put it this way, Dan. He made the driver turn around on the George Washington <laughs> Stadium. So we had a little bit of a discussion after that game. But usually it was it was it was pretty cool because you know we don't have to be homers with the Yankees. We just say the truth because that's how George Steinbrenner was. If the team wasn't playing poorly, he said it. So he allowed us to say it on the air as well, and it was kind of refreshing. For somebody who didn't meet or didn't know George Steinbrenner, how would you sum him up? Intense. When he was in the building, you knew he was in the building. Even if you didn't know he was there, if you hadn't seen him, everybody was buttoned up. And I think that you still see the residual of that with Brian Cashman, who once told me, I overstudy everything. 
simply because of the fact I don't want him to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. So he was driven. Uh, he had a really soft side as well, but he was very, very difficult to work for because if you didn't do your job, he didn't want you there any longer. That's that's the best way I could describe him. We got uh, Jan- Daniel Jones coming up. Would you rather be a Jets fan or a Giants fan? Well, that's a hard question. I, I guess the Giants are closer. So I, I would say I'd rather be a Giant fan, although the Jets do have some hope because I think Zach Wilson can play, and I like Robert Sala and how he's comported himself as well. But since I don't like suffering that much, Dan, at least not in sports, <laughs> uh, I think I would take the Giants. Can you see Theo Epstein coming to the rescue for the New York Mets? I can. Uh, I guess the uh, the offer could be high enough that any reservations he might have maybe working for Steve Cohen. I don't know why he would have those, but if he did, you know, Steve Cohen could write a big enough check. Um, I guess this is the next thing to conquer. You've conquered Chicago and Boston, and, and if you could somehow straighten out the Mets, I mean, he's already got a plaque in Cooperstown anyway. Maybe they just build him a, an entire wing if he did this. I wondered if he wanted to be the commissioner, though, because he's working in the commissioner's office, and I, I, I don't know what his end game is, but I, I wondered about that, that if he was sort of in the line of succession to take over for Rob Manfred down, down the road. You know, I don't know if he would be, uh, because the, the commissioner's job is more businessman than sportsman. And, you know, obviously he's been the president of, of the Cubs and obviously ran some business operations, but you've got to answer to 30 owners and, and, and amongst the owners is the visions. And then you've got to deal with the players as well. I'm not sure, A, he would want it, and B, the owners are the guys that hire the commissioner. Are they going to hire Theo, Theo Epstein? I'm not sure. I think they might go the businessman route again. What's the coolest thing in your office? Um, right behind me is uh, all these baseballs and a couple of, you know, I, I had a lot of announcers signed. So Ernie Harwell and Vince Scully uh, and Vince Scully to me because I went to Fordham and he went to Fordham. He's kind of like the patron saint of what we do even to this day. So that's, that's one of my special things there. Have you ever been mistaken for anybody? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. If you look at my eyes, I can see that. My eyes, okay. But uh, he's a little better looking than I am. But I, I also have gotten lately um, Jameson Tyone, which I'm sorry for Jameson that you know people have to say that about him. What about Kurt Schilling? Oh, yeah. I got that. <laughs> in, in the air, I got that in the Guy comes up to me and said, Kurt, I mean, it was unbelievable what you did in 2004. I said, I didn't do anything in 2004. <laughs> And he goes, no, 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 the, the whole bloody sock thing. I said, that wasn't me. And he thought I was just blowing him off. So then I, you know, if he, he insisted I was Kurt Schilling, so then I essentially blew him off. I said, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> because it doesn't matter to you if this guy doesn't like Kurt Schilling. Not at all. But, I mean, I, I, I get Kurt Schilling a lot. And as I go back more in the power alleys, I get more and more Kurt. <laughs> uh, have, have fun tonight there, Michael. I'm going to try, Dan. Thanks a lot. Good That's to see you. Michael Kay, Yankee play-by-play voice for the Yes Network, and his book is my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The pride of Duke University, Daniel Jones. He is the uh, Giants quarterback after the big win against the New Orleans Saints over the weekend. Did you watch Monday Night Football, Daniel? 
Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, weather delay pushed it a little bit past my bedtime, but uh, I watched the first half. But do you watch as a quarterback or a fan? Uh, a little bit of both. You can't you can't see everything on the TV copy, so you gotta uh, kind of piece it together in terms of what's being run and, and what they're trying to do on offense and defense. But it's uh, you know just fun to watch those games. But do you compare yourself, like you're watching Justin Herbert, you're watching Derek Carr. Do you sample from anybody? Like I'm, I'm just curious what what you could take from those games or those quarterbacks. Yeah, I think there's certainly things you can you can watch and pick up, and uh, you know throws they're making, uh, concepts they're running, you know how they're how, how they're kind of playing the game. But um, I think you also need to be careful with that because you don't know exactly uh, what they're trying to do. You don't know what their ideas are going in the game, and and uh, you know comparing yourself too closely without knowing everything could be uh, misleading. When's the last time you were on the sidelines? You're watching a quarterback play, and you're going, "Oh my god." Like, I don't think I can do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think every week you see guys who, um, you know, make, make some plays that, that uh, impress everyone. You know, everyone in this league has got a quarterback who can, who can do it. And, oh, there's got to uh, be one uh, where you go, oh, my God, did you see what Mahomes did or Aaron Rodgers did? Right? Yeah, I think all those guys. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I mean, those guys, I think Herbert's one of them, Carr's one of them. Um, so that was a fun game to watch last night. So. Um, yeah, certainly, you know, I have a ton of respect for those guys. How much have you watched the Cowboys since that's uh, next week's opponent? Uh, a good bit, kind of getting into that, uh, you know, last night and then today, uh, starting our prep on them. So um, they're good defense, ton of talent, uh, all three levels of their defense, and have made a ton of plays and forced a bunch of turnovers and, um, you know, do a lot of good stuff. So uh, we'll have to be ready. What's it like being the Giants quarterback when you're not on the football field? How, like you're walking around, but what do people say when they come up to you? Um, most of the time, just, just hello and how you doing? Hopefully, uh, you know, congrats on the win when we win and, and uh, just kind of say hello when we don't. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's good. It's been, it's been most of my time uh, here. You know, we're, we're busy. Uh, during the season, so not a ton of time to, to be out. Do we like Danny Dimes? <laughs> uh, initially, initially I didn't at first. Uh, it's kind of corny, but uh, you know, it, it's uh, you know, there's definitely worse things you'd be called. What was your nickname growing up? Uh, I didn't, didn't really have a nickname uh, growing up. Uh, most people call me DJ or, or, or Daniel, but I didn't, didn't really have a nickname for her. How good a basketball coach was Jay Billis? Uh, very good. He was a very good coach. Uh, I played with his son, Anthony, uh, on every basketball team you know I ever played on from probably the time I was in third grade. And, and uh, Jay finally coached us when we got up to, to AAU in high school. And, and uh, I'd say we had the schematic advantage and the coaching advantage in just about every game we played. Did you want to play basketball in college? Uh, I did. I think, uh, you know, particularly growing up and, and through middle school, it's probably what I played the most of. It's the easiest to play. You just need, you know, a couple of buddies and you can, you can play basketball. So we were always, always playing hoops. And, um, you know, my younger brother uh, is playing college basketball now. Um, so we, we were always playing basketball and, 
Uh, play a lot of football too, but uh, I'd say basketball. Basketball is probably my first passion. But, but you were there at Duke when Zion was there. Do you think you could have walked on at Duke and played basketball with Zion? I don't know. I think walking on and then playing with Zion are two different things. <laughs> but, uh, certainly enjoyed watching him play. Uh, how close were you to going to Princeton instead of Duke? Uh, I was I was close. I think. Um, you know, going into my senior year, um, I was committed there and, and uh, looking forward to that opportunity. And then, um, you know, through that through that senior football season, uh, Duke came on and being a Charlotte kid, being close to Duke and opportunity to play for, for Coach Cut um, were all things that I couldn't pass up. Are you a, are you a Carolina Panther fan? I was growing up, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> no, not, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, favorite quarterback growing up was who? Uh, well, I was a big Jake DeLone fan because I was a Panthers fan, and, and they had some some great years. I loved watching him and Steve Smith, Musa Muhammad, all those guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I think all the, the big quarterbacks, uh, you know, Peyton and Eli obviously were huge, and, um, you know, Rodgers and, and all those guys growing up. Well, congrats on the win against the Saints, and good luck against the Cowboys, Daniel. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's uh, Daniel Jones, and he's okay with Danny Dimes. I'm not sure who's had more jobs, Seton or Pauly, or who's had more interesting jobs, Seton or Pauly. But, like, Seton worked at the airport. Yeah. He was a postman. Yep. Okay, those aren't exciting. Delivered flowers. Yeah. I was a security guard. I worked at a pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but Pauly was a bouncer. Yeah. DJ at a country western nightclub. And you sold beer at Scottsdale Stadium. Is that not the dream? I know. Miller Lite. I could use one right now. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.